Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Cortellini's podcast. I'm your host, Zach Lowy, uh, here to discuss all things Portuguese football in English language, your home for all things Primera Liga. Here today with a very special guest, Jose Pedro Baez. Uh, how are you doing today, Jose? I'm fine. Thank you for the invitation. How are you, Zach? Good. Before we begin, can you just give us a brief background of, of who you are, what, what is your career, and how did you get into this business? Uh, well, yes. Uh, I'm not uh, professionally related to, to, to soccer. Uh, I just am uh, enthusiastic about uh, soccer, about uh, especially my team, Boa Vista. And I have been through the past years related to uh, some positions at Boa Vista. The, um, for the first three years, I was in Conselho Fiscal that is supposed to overview the, the, the accounting of the um, the finance of the club and for the past three years I've been in um, uh, Conselho Geral at the Conselho Geral that is to uh, is supposed to be uh, an advisement part of the the, the, the direction of the club um, so that's how I am directly related or I've been, how I have been directly related to Boa Vista for the past six years but I've been a fan from all uh, since I was born uh, because of my father. And I'm also, I, I commented Boa Vista every week uh, at uh, a show, a program at Zero Zero. Uh, there's a show there that we discussed, a podcast. It's not a podcast because it's a video, but it's... Uh, I, I represent Boa Vista. There is also uh, one other guy representing Braga and uh, another guy representing... Uh, Vitória de Guimarães, Vitória Sport Club, and we discussed every week uh, the agenda of the week, our games, the the, the previews, the, the things regarding the the um, sports agenda in Portugal, uh, with an overview different from the one that usually we see at the television, uh, where the Usually they speak only about Porto Benfica and Sporting. We have that kind of issue in Portugal. Uh, all the media are um, focused on only these three teams. So we try. We started this program uh, to create some space from other clubs. The following ones uh, historically and competitive. Uh, in Portugal, so it's been um, a success. I've I've turned a little bit more known in the Boavista universe because of that, and uh, also I've studied. Uh, I have made some formation, my background formation, also in management uh, management sports. But my professional area is financially advice, financial advisory. So I work as a financial advisor, and I follow sports for um, for fun, for, for, for appreciation. Absolutely. Very excited to have you on. We've had some special club-related podcasts featuring not just the big clubs such as Sporting, Porto, and Benfica on Cortellinis, but also some smaller clubs such as Santa Clara, Famalicao, Boa Vista. I do think that Boa Vista is probably... I would say the fifth biggest club, the fifth or sixth biggest club in Portugal after the big three, 
And I would say, so, yeah, that that's very so, uh, fragile for us because we kind <laughs> of advocate the fourth place uh, because historically we have uh, we are the, the the club with more cups with the championship and we we tr <laughs> we obviously uh, try to push this appreciate this 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 thing to 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 call us the the, the fourth one but yeah of course we understand that Braga is very strong for the past 15 years uh Vitoria is very is increasing and has a, a great support at the uh, um at the stadium and so we understand the arguments everyone has uh well we are there to fight for this title of fourth big one perhaps between Boa Vista and Vitoria for that fourth spot yeah, for their fourth, fifth, yeah, but uh, well, but we try to to <laughs> we ambitionate the, the fourth at least. Uh, we actually we played against them both for the past fifteen days. We won five one to Braga, so we are in a high moral uh, stand right now. And Vitoria, we played yesterday. Uh, I think I'm sure we're going to talk about it uh, during this program, but uh, still, I think we were better, so we were. For sure, not worst. Uh, so we have good reasons to feel that in a, in a future that need, requires time, uh, we can grow as a team, as a sports project, and uh, return to some place near where we were before. With regards to both Braga and Vitoria de Guimaraes, one one manager who has coached both teams, as well as quite a few other sides such as Sporting, uh, yes. Porto, but also the Venezuela and Saudi Arabia national team is uh, Jose Pesero, um, a manager who has been been, in around, been around the block in Portugal for, for quite a while and uh, yesterday was appointed as the new manager of the Nigeria national team, replacing Jernot Rohr. We've got a lot to discuss uh, in today's podcast, but can you just give us a little insight on, on who Jose Pacero is as a coach? Uh, should Nigeria fans be excited with this appointment? Zayo is a well-known person, well-known manager, coach at Portugal. He's been here for a long time. He's 61, I think. I don't think he has much more to offer that we already didn't know. Oh, um, but still, I think, I, I, I must confess, I was quite surprised. Is there something that still surprised me today at soccer? Because we know it, uh, at football, because we know that managers can change according to agents. If they have a good agent, they can go, can, they can go everywhere in, in spite of the bad work they've done recently. But still, um, for the purpose of this podcast, we I checked up the, his recent background because I wasn't following. I I, I haven't heard a lot about him uh, for the past years, and I just remembered. Uh, and he, I don't think. Um, well, it's not a manager that I really appreciate. I don't think he's quite good actually. Uh, I don't think he has been. He has done. Um, entire season at a team for the past 
10 years. Um, he was in Sporting, was in Vitoria, was in Arabia, Braga, Porto, uh, but still for the past year, 10 years, he didn't finish one entire season, which means that uh, he's not that good. I don't think he's the, um, the kind of manager that can go through this wave of good coaches Portugal has. Uh, there's a, it's quite of a um, fashion thing about uh, Portuguese. It's a trend about Portuguese coaches. I don't think he he, he, he sires himself uh, inside this, this wave. Therefore, I don't think uh, there's much to expect from him. Venezuela is late, his latest work. Uh, he only had one victory in 10 games. I was, I think, it was a really bad record. He, he left uh, Venezuela at August. He said that he had 14 months uh, without collecting salary, which is not exactly the thing. The same thing when you're coaching a, a national team or a club. It's completely different, of course. Um, but still, I don't see any good record uh, at teams recently, recently, 10 years, it's not even recently. I don't see it as a national team, so I don't see how we can go very well. But still, Nigeria Nigeria has a very nice team, has players like Shidozi from Boa Vista, uh, but also from Portuguese soccer, Zaidu, has then other big players like Ozyman, uh, Nididi, Iwobi, and many others. So uh, uh, I've seen that uh, he's going to only manage the team after Khan. Uh, so I, I think his success depends on the expectation uh, on his job, on his performance. And also these expectations will depend on how how much success uh, Nigeria has on this camp. Um, but still, if I was a Nigeria supporter, I wasn't... I, I wasn't very uh, excited at this moment with this um, with this nomination. Joseph Sero taking charge of Nigeria and and will uh, will start managing after Afcon, who has a, a very tough job in front of him in qualifying Nigeria for uh, the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. We actually yeah. see what happens. Uh, we've got a lot to discuss on today's program, not just with regards to uh, the league action, but the Tasa de Portugal. Some really interesting fixtures in the round of 16 uh, with regards to the Tasa de Portugal. We saw Tondela defeat Storiel Praia, Portimonense edging Famalicão on penalties. Uh, the biggest surprise so far, fourth division, Lesa uh, defeating Parej on penalties as well. Sporting beating Casapia, Mafra uh, defeating Morrench. Kio Av beating Metbonenstad, Vizela beating Braga, and Porto, perhaps the biggest uh, match, the biggest storyline so far, Porto defeating Benfica 3-0 at the Estadio Dodrigal. So Porto going up against Benfica and winning thanks to a brace uh, from Evan Nielsen, who was also sent off at the cusp of halftime, still wasn't enough for Benfica to to come back and, and score a goal in those 45 minutes. And it ended up costing George Jesus his job. 
So we've got a Porto, another Porto Benfica match coming up today in the league. We'll see what happens with that. But that will be with Nelson Verissimo in charge as Benfica manager. Verissimo taking charge uh, until the end of the season. George Jesus, though, time we we talk about this man, uh, his second spell at Benfica, and I would say his final spell uh, has come to an end in what I would say has been nothing more than, than a massive failure. When you look at it, George Jesus came to Benfica after a perfect season at Flamengo, uh, was given an unprecedented amount of investment in the transfer market, and this being in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Benfica spending, like few other sides in European football, bringing in an assortment of of top-class players, and yet were eliminated from the Champions League in the playoff stage, failed to challenge for the title, ended the 2021 season trophyless, and uh, were forced to watch in what was really a two-horse race between Porto and Sporting for the league title. 2021-22, Started off well, started off on the right foot, but then uh, really after that loss to Portimonense in the league, their their form really came apart. They did manage to qualify for the Champions League round of 16 uh, against obviously one of the worst Barcelona teams in, in history and uh, Besiktas, but that's really all that George Jesus's record out that that's really the only positive i think we can take from jj's second spell at the club he's fallen out with quite a few players he's failed to get the most out of this uh big name squad and i i think that it will be regarded as a massive failure the only i believe the only victory that george jesus had against either of the eternal rivals of porto sporting came uh when sporting had already won the league title and we're yeah. probably drunk from still drunk from celebrating uh, yeah. the, their first championship in 19 years. I do think it's going to be regarded as a massive failure and a blow on his reputation. seems like he will take the Atletico Mineiro job, although uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. What are your thoughts on JJ's second spell? At yeah. Well, yeah, I agree with everything you said so far. I, I think it has been a massive failure. Um, I think um, not only has been a massive failure, but it was well-deserved for, bo- for both, for him and for Benfica. When he accepted the job at uh, Benfica, uh, I left Flamengo like uh, after a soap as well as this time happened. So it was something like was very surprised. He, he kind of um, likes doing this stuff, feeling appreciated and leaving clubs for other ones without uh, regarding their interests and only thinking about himself. That's one of his main issues. When he left, oh, or better, uh, when Benfica hired him, um, the president of Benfica at the time, Luis Felipe Vieira, uh, did that because there was there were elections, um, and he needed to. And George Zuz has really had really 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 good media in Portugal, and as he, as you said, he has won uh, recently everything with Flamengo, and then. Um, Luis Felipe Vieira thought that bringing him would be enough to guarantee uh, his re-election at Benfica. So he 
put everything on uh, a lot of money to buy to bring back George Jesus. Uh, not, not only uh, regarding his salary, but also, uh, as you said, with a lot of money to put back in transfers. So when he came, he came with uh, with his high moral, with his uh, despicable arrogance, and he said a lot of stuff that now we can have fun remembering, uh, like we are going to play the triple, we are not going to play the double, we are going to play the triple, we are going to win everything. This kind of stuff. Uh, and then it was a massive failure. Um, at the last year, uh, they spent over 100 million euros uh, buying players, uh, which was by far the most any Portuguese club has ever spent. I don't think any other Portuguese club will spend this kind of amount for the next 10, 20 years, for sure, if ever. Um, and they won nothing. Uh, they won nothing. They didn't deserve to won, to win er, anything. Uh, and therefore, there was uh, kind of deserved. Although this happened, uh, I... I must say that I, I I don't think George Jesus is as good coach as he thinks and as he thinks he is and as he pretends to be, but still he's a very good coach. I don't I wouldn't say that he's a bad, that he is a bad coach. One of his weakest points is for sure the, the fact that he's very arrogant and uh, has very uh, bad communication ability. He doesn't know how to communicate for. The outside is very arrogant, repetent. Uh, he, he does exactly the opposite that uh, a leader should do. Uh, he collects the success and um, attributes the, the insuccess to players, to COVID, to the referees, to the weather, to wherever. So everything they won is because of him. Everything they lost is because of the others. That's one of his weakest points that makes him uh, easy target when they lose but also that makes the team uh, be against him at the bad times i, I remember the, the last year they started to have um, they they initiated the, the season very well uh, despite of the champions league uh, elimination and they had seven games seven uh, wins And then they, they went to play at Boa Vista uh, at the eighth game. And they lost that game for 3-0. And they, they lost. Boa Vista made an unbelievable game, won very fairly. Uh, Befica didn't have any kind of chances. And at the end of the game, Jesus, instead of uh, giving merit giving the, the, the benefit to Boavista and praising Boavista for playing good, the, uh, they start, he started with the, the excuses. It was because of the falls, it was because of the referees, uh, it was because of everything, but not because of them. At the beginning of the season, when he was winning, he was uh, complaining, he was saying that COVID was not a problem because he was very accustomed to that in Brazil and teams must be prepared to, to deal with COVID. And at the end of the season, after a massive failure, as you said, he said that they couldn't fight COVID. COVID was um, the main reason why they, they played so bad. So I'm not, I, I don't like, I don't like very much Josh Sush because of all of this, because I don't think he's that good. Definitely not that good to win so much money and to be such an expensive coach, uh, especially if you think that he's not going to um, to give value to the players from the academy is not going to bet on the, 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 the 
the, the kids and therefore is not going to make himself profitable as Juan Marine, for example, does. And, um, but despite of that, I think I can still defend him on this uh, getting out um, situation. I don't have many... I don't have patience for watching this kind of soaps in Portugal uh, regarding Portuguese against Sporting, uh, where uh, people talk every day about every details. If you went to the bathroom, if you went to the restaurant with someone, I don't have, I don't like to to watch this kind of soap. But still, we now know that uh, he left because Pizzi and one or two more players um, because. First, Pizzi, and then one or two players uh, that backed up uh, Pizzi uh, were against him. And the direction, the board of the Benfica uh, supported the players. I think that is uh, a really, really, really uh, revealing of the inability of this direction of this board of Benfica because the manager or the coach should be the center of the sports uh, project. And you have to back up the, the, the manager every time against the players um, because he has to be the figure of responsibility, leadership, whatever. And what they did here is that the players, we have an expression here in Portugal that is to make the path. Make the path means that they prepared something to happen bad. And uh, so the players make the path of Jesus uh, and the board went along with it. That's very bad. And that's a very bad pronounce for the future coaches of Benfica because they know or, or they should know that when they go there, they should be careful with this princess, with these stars <laughs> that they have as a players. And also the players know now that they have the power to fire uh, a coach. So I was very, very bad impressed with this episode. I don't think Benfica is going to benefit in the future, in the long term, with this kind of position, unless the new coach gets more backup. And we'll see. But uh, I don't, at the end, I don't appreciate very much George Zouch. So I, I think it's good that he goes away from Portugal. Absolutely. Uh, Benfica taking on Porto today and what will be a triple header. We'll also see Aruca taking on Braga and Paso Cepeda going up against Santa Clara. Uh, yes. This past round 16 of the Liga Prim- of the Primera Liga season has also seen Maritimo defeating Vizela Borrench going up against Estoril and getting uh, a surprising victory for Lito Vidigal's side. Sporting also beating Portimonech thanks to a hat-trick from Paulinho. game I want to talk about real quick, though, uh, is Gil Vicente's 3-0 victory against Tondela at the Estadio João Cardoso, getting a very impressive away win, uh, thanks to goals from yeah. Murilo de Souza, Mateus Bueno, and Bubakar Han. Uh, one player I want to highlight from, from this Gil Vicente team, plenty of players, too, to mention, such as Fran Navarro, uh, Pedrinho, um, some, some very impressive players. Goalkeeper Zika Freyahi doing an impressive job in between the sticks. But for me, the standout of this team uh, has been Samuel Lina, the 22-year-old Brazilian forward 
having a very impressive game uh, against Bebeto on the right side of Tondela's defense, grabbing one assist uh, and completing two key passes, winning 10 out of 18 ground duels and winning six fouls. Very impressive match for Samuelina, who I think uh, really has everything it takes to become uh, a, a big a big talent in Portugal over the next few months and earn a big move. Uh, what are your thoughts on Samuel Lino? Uh, do you think that he has what it takes for a big move soon? Yes, uh, we can start with a quick approach about Gil Vicente and then go to, to Samuel Lino. Gil Vicente has been a good surprise this year, not only this year, but since they come back to the, the they come back to the first league. Um, they have a very decent project. They have a, a sports director. There is the, the the brother of our technical director and is making a very good job signing some really good and young players and mixing them with some experienced players and uh we have been we have been watching some really good teams coming up um Jovi uh, for now is having a really good is in at a really good form they won three of the best four games um but not only the the result of the way they won them uh, with two really good scores um they are playing very well they are a very organized team they the first game of the season um for the championship was against Boavista. Boavista was a very special game because Boavista could only play at the time with most players from the from the the, the youth players uh but still uh, Gil Vicente is very organized. As um, it's a team that plays exactly like his coach uh, prepares the team to. Uh, I appreciate very much his ma- their manager Ricardo Suarez. is very very good. Has been making some really good works around the, the the clubs, and therefore I wasn't very very surprised with these latest results against Tondela that is a very regular team uh, no draws at the, the, the championship right now because they it's fun to to watch Tondela because they play the game by the game like English spirit and that makes them more close to win and to lose they don't uh, if they are in a, a position of advantage or drawing a good draw they don't stop with that they try to go they expose themselves they expose themselves they sometimes achieve victories. Uh, they have four, uh, but most of the times, because they don't have that much quality, they, they lose. Um, but still, coming back to Julissant, Julissant uh, has very, very nice players. I would like to have like three or four for sure at Boa Vista. As you said, Navarro was the one that mm, at the beginning of the season, because it was this year's signing, uh, really impressed me. I think he's very good. Uh, and, but Samuelino, Pedrino as well, but Samuelino, coming back to Samuelino, Samuelino is very, very good. I agree with everything you said. I think he's now in a position that he can, he should really go up in his career. Uh, he can make a move. He's very, very good. He plays by the left with the right foot uh, he has he, last year uh, Samuelino has made a really good season as well it was uh, he's playing for Gillesen this is the third season but last year he exploded already uh, and now this season it's even better so far so I think he's very good he's very young still so he has time to 
to, to grow as a player, but still, I would like to see what it where it goes to. Um, his market value is is if he consults transfer market is around three million. I think he's worth. Probably more. He has contract till 24, 2024. Uh, so he's kind of um, secure at uh, Gilles for now. Yeah, I agree with you. He's very good. And I think he's going to maybe go to a foreign country if the Portuguese clubs don't have the money or the, the, the interest that they should have to, to buy him at the end of the season. Absolutely. Um, the main event that we're going to be talking about today, of course, is Boa Vista. Boa Vista taking on Vitoria de Guimarães at the Dom Alfonso, uh, Dom Alfonso Henriquez. And uh, ended up being a 1-1 draw thanks to goals from, I would say, two of the most criticized players uh, in the league. <laughs> Tiago Iglori Il- 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 and Stupinan. Both goals mm-hmm. coming within the span of five minutes. And yeah, interesting for Iori, who was, was recently named as one of uh, the top 10 flops or disappointments of the season by Zero Zero. Uh, yeah. You know, getting a vital equalizer for his side. What did you make of this match between uh, Boa Vista and Vitoria? Well, we can, I can start with the evaluation of Iori uh, because I understand that uh, evaluation of the. I, I understand that Zero Zero appointed him as one of the disappointments so far uh, because he pretty much hasn't played. He has been uh, dealing with a lot of injuries and uh, the times he played until uh, last week, he was playing with a lot of effort and also injured, vis- um, clearly injured. And so he had not good exhibition so far and we expected so much more but now uh, for the past 10 days or 15 days uh, we've seen him playing uh, now for 90 minutes he was in a good physical uh, position and I think he now has the the, the time and the, the, the physical condition to make a, a second lap of the championship uh, better and show his value we still uh, think he's going to 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 prove the value he has. Uh, he's been um, a player with all his career problems with injuries. I hope he recovers from um, definitely and he makes a good uh, second lap of the, the championship. Uh, regarding the, the game from yesterday, um, Boa Vista I, I, I like the game. I like the game. I like the way Bovista entered the game, approached the game. Vitoria is a very good team, of course. Um, Bovista had a very organized and personalized uh, behavior at the field. Uh, Petit uh, is a coach that is changing a lot as a coach. His teams are not the the, the are not how they were. At, at the uh, the past, they are not only defensive. They now have some really good process of uh, counter attack or fast attack, and uh, the process, the, the the transition of the ball from the midfield uh, is now something really interesting to to watch. He's improving as a team, is improving as a coach, and Boavista changed a lot since he uh, assumed the team. Um, and I think we. Uh, 
yesterday we we played uh, very well. We controlled the game. Uh, I think we controlled the game without uh, having the majority of the ball. Uh, that's very characteristic of him, of our team. Uh, we don't need to have all the time the ball to control the game. We just need to control the damage of the, the opponent, uh, of Vitor in this case, and be sure that when we have the ball, we know how to use it and we go uh, find uh, the opportunities to score. Boavista had had uh, yesterday had many more opportunities, clearly. Uh, opportunities of goal uh, against uh, Vitoria, in spite of them having more ball possession, more shots globally, but without any kind of danger. Uh, Boavista never lost the, the, the feeling of control of the game, of superiority. Um, happened to not score because of Varela made a really, really good exhibition. Uh, Vitoria scored from a goal, scored a goal from a... Um, um, from a moment that uh, Bracali was distracted and didn't do well uh, because that wasn't clearly uh, an opportunity it was a long shot where Bracali didn't uh, throw the ball away and put it in front and then Stupinan very clearly very smartly uh, was there to, to, to finish fast um, but still uh, Bovista was much more uh, into the game was more intense, was uh, had more uh, opportunities. Should have com- should have scored more goals. Didn't score because of Varela, and at the end it was uh, a draw. But still happy with uh, the way Bovista is growing every match. It's clear for anyone who watched Bovista playing, and we kind of feel that Bovista is not playing. It's not uh, petit as a very uh, physical um, way of play. And our team is not physically prepared to keep up the 90 minutes. So we, we kind of feel that uh, around 50, 60th minute, um, uh, the team is, uh, losing, is losing some energy and some pressure at the, at the, at the top. Uh, but still, uh, these things must be worked. There's a lot of work still to do. And I think this team has way more space to to improve and to make a good championship from from now on. So kind of uh, confidence to to see what happens the next year. The transfer window opens uh, in Portugal in just a few days, yeah. and Boavista. Have, are still recovering from a window that saw them lose quite a few big big name players: uh, Paulinho to Al Shabab, Adil Rami to Troyes, and uh, two key players in particular: Albert Ellis and Ricardo Mangas going to Bordeaux on loan. It seems though that there there could be another Boavista player headed to Bordeaux in the form of Jackson Borosa. Um, what are your thoughts on Porozo? Do you think that this transfer will materialize? And uh, how, how, just how big of a blow would this be for Petit's side if, if Porozo were to leave? I, I think Porozo, uh, well, I remember when Porozo signed last year, the first matches he's, he's done. Uh, I wasn't very impressed. He kind of made a lot of errors. 
but he improved a lot during the year and now is a much better player. I, I, I think from the beginning of the season, he's collecting really good exhibitions. He's, and he has this kind of characteristics as a, as a, as a defense that can potentially make him a top world central defender. I have no much doubt about it because he's fast, he's strong, he's, um, he's smart on the tackling. Um, he's clear on the way that he approaches the, 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 the players. And and he's also a good good with Heather at uh, um, scoring goals. So I think he's a, a serious case for Boa Vista or for any other team in the future. He's going to be for sure a great player. I have no much, I have no doubts about it. Um, regarding Bordeaux, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I know that if they want, they will do it because of the the, the way the connections the club uh, works because of the our investor. Um, I hope they don't they don't bring him uh, in January. Um, they don't buy him in January because we need him. Of course, he's a very good central defender. If we lose him. Uh, he must be replaced. And if he must be replaced, he must be replaced in that position. And if we are open to market in some other positions, we are going to, to I think we should have, um, since we're going to the market, to replace him, to buy more two or three options to fill the, the, the team uh, in other positions. Um I'm not sure if he's going. I'm not sure. I, I don't think um, Bordeaux need him right now uh, as that. Uh, they, are go- they are making a decent season so far. They are improving uh, every game. They had uh, last week a very nice game against the champion Lille. Um, I think Albert Ellis was a, is a great, a great player making a great season. Um, so I kind of hope he stays at Boa Vista, but if he doesn't stay, Boa Vista will be compensated with that, with money, of course, with relevant money. And I hope uh, they take care of that money and put it on some other players to, to bring in January. Gerard Lopez, of course, the Luxembourgian uh, businessman yeah. previously in charge of Lille, uh, is in charge of both Boavista and Bordeaux. It, it, yeah. From the outside, it seems almost like a parasitic relationship. Uh, you know, you've got Bordeaux taking a lot of Boavista players for cheap price. I believe that uh, so far, both Ellis and Mangas have been just loans, whereas uh, loans with the option of buying. Yeah, loans with options to buy. I'm curious, what, what are your thoughts on, on Lopez? What, do you think that it's a parasitic relationship or, or not so much? What, what have you made of him uh, in his time in, of charge, in charge of Boavista so far? I, I couldn't say that so far because for, to start, he clearly invested some money in Boavista. That's for sure. So uh, he came with a promise of money and at the beginning, he's done it. That's that's for sure. We we had a lot of players uh, that we couldn't have uh, if he wasn't here. Uh, injected like fourteen or sixteen million euros into Avista for the first season. So that was not 
that was not bad at all. The sports project didn't work so good. Um, I don't know what to think exactly about Gerard Lopez because his relationship with Boa Vista regarding finance, regarding sports, has not been clear from the day one. Um, I understand that he, the, his success at Bordeaux would be would benefit Boa Vista for sure uh, and the opposite as well. Uh, I understand that he's invested. He's investing much more money in Bordeaux than in Boa Vista. Uh, it's a championship that needs more cash, as he has done in the past with Lille. Uh, I don't. Uh, I see some things happening to Boa Vista that I feel like it's good things. I see some other things not happening or happening that I don't like. And that makes me kind of uh, anxious about it. Uh, but still, overall, so far, uh, I couldn't say, I cannot say that he has been a good, a bad thing for Boa Vista. Uh, Boa Vista with more difficulties or less difficulties have been um, financially uh, paying his uh, ordinary expenses. Um, we had players for the past two years that we haven't since we came back to first league. Um, we have some players with potential. Um, so what I hope is to see more involved in Boa Vista with a direction, with a team, with a financial, with a sports project, with a structure uh, of the, the club as well. There are some little appointments. Uh, there are some little details that make us um, looking forward for the, the next months. Um, so that's what we know. He doesn't talk often about Boa Vista. He doesn't, uh, so we don't know exactly what he's thinking. We just, mu we must expect uh, through our president, the president of the, the club and the, the South, um, that he can coordinate the relationship with the Jair Lopez well and benefit Boa Vista from the projects. Absolutely. It's, I know it's very confusing, but it's also confusing for us because we don't know what to expect. We uh, the the relation of Charles Lopez with Bovis is not clear so far. His project has not been clear. It seemed like one project at the, at the beginning, but now after uh, one and a half season, it kind of feel like it changed. Uh, clearly, it changed about the the, the signing of the players. Um, it changed because of the, the lack of money this season uh, invested in the club. Uh, so we don't know where it's going, but uh, we still, um, he, he hasn't failed with us so far. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have received some information from uh, insiders at Boa Vista who've told me that, you know, the situation behind the scenes is a bit concerning. There have been some uh, physios and, and staff that have walked out due to substandard conditions, due to unpaid wages, reports of uh, Joao Pedro Sousa potentially trying to walk out and submit his reg resignation on several occasions, uh, hints of a player strike, some, some very concerning details. 
But let's talk a little bit about about Joao Pedro Sousa. I mean, uh, taking charge of the club in the summer uh, after after being sacked by Famali Kao earlier on in the year, and uh, I thought you know, had had some promising results, but ended up uh, leaving after just a few months. Um, after just, I believe, 20, uh, 16, 16 games, only 16 games, yeah. five wins, five draws, six losses. Um, and I believe he was headed for a Saudi club, Al Rayad, but that still has not materialized. Um, we, we've talked a little bit about that, but uh, talk to me about about your thoughts on the Joao Pedro Sousa chapter of Boavista. Why did he walk? What, what did you make of his time at the club? And uh, what's, what's going on with him right now? Well, uh, what's going on with him right now? I have no idea. Uh, he, when he went to, when he signed for Boavista, I was, uh, we, I was happy with his nomination. I think it's, uh, I record, I remember his work at Family Cow. I remember his posture, his attitude, uh, his communication, the way Family Cow played. Of course, it was a very good team. Now we know that with players like Pot and some others, they have a really good team at the time, but still, uh, they were the, the surprising team, uh, when they came to the first league and I was happy to see him. I, I liked him since the, the, the first way, the, the first time he talked to the, the press, um, a very honest person. I think that's one of his main assets. He was, um, he is an honest person and uh, that speaks the truth with no high expectations. Uh, but with ambition and I was I was happy with his work overall at the beginning he, he tried to form the team uh, he tried to create a team well he, tr- he, tr- he started the season with a lot of um, problems uh, as I said the first games he played with the youth because Bovista couldn't um, re- register the, the contracts of the players so he had to play with youth uh, despite the fact that already has a lot of signing players at the time um, that's how we went through the group phase of Tasa de Liga and how we lost against Vicente the first game of the, the championship um, I think he conquered the team at the time and he tried to put the team playing against uh, according to this style um i'm not sure now if the way he wanted to put the play to team um, the the team to play uh, was the the, 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 the the right way for this kind of team to for this kind of players i don't think he had the players to put them to play with a possession kind of style, a slow, progressive um, possession style. Uh, But I know that all the signings were um, directly decided by him. So he chose the players to play according to what he thought it should be. Um, I, I, I think it's pretty known now that Boavista has, has have a lot of problems uh, during every day. Uh, financial problems is always wondering how to fix them. Uh, problems related to the, the way um, 
the club and the investor relate themselves um, and that goes to wages to professional team to everything uh, so it, these kind of things has to be managed uh, there were some news uh, regarding everything you said and I think he um, kind of feel the pressure of working under this environment the structure uh, had some problems at the time and uh, he got very stressed with these problems uh, as I think as well that during this time he overcompensated the, 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 his job functions uh, which means that when he saw a, a club that needed to develop as a structure not only at soccer, not only at managing his team, but overall, uh, he tried to maybe he tried to become a manager, general manager of the the team, and he lo he lo I think he might have lost the focus on the team, on the team, on the the leadership, on the training. I don't know. The thing is that uh, what we saw was Bovista decreasing the form, the, the the exhibitions and the results. Of course, for a very long time, uh, despite his being keeping uh, he instead um, honest during all this time. And I think at the end, he couldn't handle the pressure and he tried to find a way to leave Boa Vista um, and this Arabian stuff club uh, was the way he saw uh, to go. I think, uh, of course, he wasn't sure he was going there. <laughs> as we can see now, because he's still not there working. Uh, so I think he thought, I just think, I think he thought that if he left Boavista with this kind of environment, with this excuse, uh, he would go through, he, he would go out through the front door, not the back door of being fired. And that, would, uh, that wouldn't damage him as a coach uh, regarding the, his curriculum. Uh, so I think there was a strategy. I don't think it was done. But I think it was kind of smart, actually, because the way we were playing two or three more games, it would be unreasonable to keep him uh, if we kept losing that way, especially. Um, so... So yeah, I, I, I just I'm just sorry he couldn't have uh, he couldn't be happy and do a good job at Boa Vista. Now we have Petit, a coach that is much more uh, used to our structure, to our club. And he knows the house, he knows the players, he knows the supporters, he knows the board, he knows everything. He knows how to deal with these. Uh, permanent problems that I hope in the future are always uh, keep decreasing. Um, and as a very characteristic playoff style, uh, much more, much different from João Pedro Souza, and more, much more related to what Boa Vista is known for. Boa Vista is known for being a very aggressive team, very pressuring team, very competitive team. The technique, the possession, the everything comes afterwards. We are known because of these characteristics and this is the main uh, work of Petit. So we we changed to a new scenario where Petit is much more comfortable now. Absolutely. You mentioned a lot of uh, similarities but differences between Petit and João Pedro Sousa. Yeah. Two good coaches, 
Um, and I think that Petit has, has shown that he's not this kind of uh, defensive uh, yeah. guy that people sort of pigeonhole him into. I think he, he deserves a lot more respect than he gets. He did a good job at Bellinage side, doing a good job. Yeah. At we'll see what happens. Um, a lot of Americans listen to this show, and I, I know that they'll be wondering, uh, what is the deal with Reggie Cannon? Started uh, pretty much every single game for Boavista last season. Missed out on a uh, loan move on deadline day to Fulham uh, this past summer and missed the start of the season for Boavista with a, an injury. I'm not sure what the injury was, yeah. but uh, has only played um, eight matches so far for Boavista, a total of 523 minutes. And he's picked up four yellow cards uh, in that period, interestingly enough. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on Reggie Cannon. Been somebody who I've been following since his time at FC Dallas, and uh, you know I, I'm curious what are what what are your thoughts on his season so far? What do you think he needs to do in order to to take that next step? Yeah, uh, well, Reggie is a special case at Vista, Definitely, I uh, was very excited when we signed him last year. I was very expectant with uh, his performance, and uh, at the beginning of the season last year, he kind of had uh, he had good performances. He had a very offensive posture, uh, not so good defensively. At the beginning of last season, um, but then Boavista started to underperform. Uh, when Boavista started to underperform, he came down. Uh, I think at the at the end of the day was um, was was this. Uh, he underperformed, and he as he underperformed, he started losing space at the club. Um, he started as a nice right back defender or wing uh, and then he starts losing um uh, he start losing the show. He start losing good performance. Uh, uh, he start losing the, the the ability to go forward and create uh, advantage positions uh, to assist or to cross or wherever. He start losing space attacking and defending was not that good as well. I think he was one of our biggest disappointments last season. He, he ended up the season very badly. I think. Uh, is uh, just a common right defender, uh, and now this season, well, then he went to the the national team. He won two cups with the national team, and then he came back to Bovista. When he came back to Bovista this season, at the, at the beginning of the season, well, we can go to the transfer transfer uh, rumor at the time. Um, I don't think at the end of this. At the beginning of the season, the season he was value, uh, he was uh, increasing his value, I think. But then, as he started playing badly and making a lot of mistakes during the seasons, um, he, he lost value. I think at the end of the season, Bovista couldn't sell him for uh, what we expect to sell him. Um, I, I think he was also. A little bit disappointed with the project. Uh, a lot of players at the time were because they came to Bovista thinking that this was going to be a European project to a, um, 
uh, an entrance gate to to Europe, to the biggest clubs in Europe. Uh, but the, the the season went so bad that at the end of the season, many of them were quite disappointed. Uh, I felt that with Reggie Cannon, I felt that with Albert Ellis, I felt that with other players. Uh, but the difference between Albert Ellis and Reggie Cannon uh, is the way they deal with this frustration. Albert Ellis, for example, went pretty good. Uh, it was very competitive during the season. He ended up the season very, very good. Uh, so he made an effort to to, to, to move, to go on. And he, then he went to Bordeaux. But if he went, if he didn't went to Bordeaux, he went to another team because he had market. Um, Kenan, no. Nobody wanted him at the end of the season. Even I think the, the, the loan option from England was not uh, very serious uh, as a, what I know. Now, um, this season, Canon has another problem at Fulvista. That uh, his problem is Nate. Nate, uh, a player that came came also uh, best season to 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 fight for the right back position with him was at the time very young, uh, at a very uh, difficult process of growing up. Uh, normal, uh, normal process. He is very, very young. Uh, but the thing is that Nathan, Nathan uh, came up this year with a with a different posture, with a different attitude, more mature, and he's a really, really good player. Very offensive, very technique. Um, had some defense problems. Has some defense problems, but when you when you play with three um, three defenders and then you play with the wing, uh, Nata comes up because he comes up with a really strong uh, forward option. Um, so Reggie Cannon now has a problem. Um, Petit tries to appreciate, tries to use him as a third third uh, central back defender um, which I think it's kind of working because um, he's improving defensively uh, so it could be an option for him but I don't think he will have the space to play as um, a wing uh, right wing back because that position is for me uh, to Nata. Nata is playing very, very good. So I don't know what's going to happen to Reggie Cannon. I think it depends on himself, of course, but it also depends on things like if Rodrigo Abascal keeps himself in the, the starting 11, if Jackson, if Jackson Poroso is going to Bordeaux or not, or not if Thiago Ilori is going to have more injuries, because these three seem for me the natural three defenders of Boavista. If he has the space to play, uh, for example, yesterday he played in the space in the instead of Nata because Nata was um, sent off the the, the, the best game. Uh, if he plays there, he can can still improve, but he has to go. He, he's not playing bad, but he's not playing that good. So he has to keep up if he wants to go. If he wants to go forward, uh, he has to keep up work. And I think Petit could be a, a coach that helps him be more concentrated, more more focused, more active, which he needs definitely. Yeah, as you mentioned, I, I do think that Cannon. 
uh, has the potential to fill in as a third center back potentially over yeah. Thiago Ilori or someone else. Uh, but as you mentioned, Natan Santos de Araujo, 20 years old, uh, coming from Vasco da Gama's uh, academy last uh, in the summer of 2020 and, and has really emerged as uh, a starter in this Boavista team. Very exciting player who uh, we certainly haven't heard the last of. 20 years old, definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, but between Ellis and and Cannon, I, I, it'll be interesting to see if Boavista does go back to Texas for its recruitment. Uh, <laughs> and, but. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. So uh, because, yeah, Ellis was a very good signing for Boavista. He's really, really good. I don't think he's going to stop at Bordeaux. He's going up because he's very good he's very competitive very smart very good um, he played at Pua Vista as a center forward most of the time when I think the way the position he plays better is uh, at the wings uh, playing next to the center forward um, that is the position that he's playing right now at Bordeaux for example but still he managed to play well at Povista at Bordeaux he's, uh, he's a goal scorer he's a, a chance creator he's very defensive very uh, fast very 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 fast he's a great player he's going to be a um, great player in the future for sure he's going to have a lot of success I have no doubts about it because the way how competitive he is uh, Cannon not so sure about it he has to to change his attitude. Um, he's not in the performing right now, uh, but not showing so much, but uh, he has to show a little bit more. Uh, he can go as a center, a third central defender. Yeah, I, I think I, I would bet on that um, for the rest of the season. I prefer to see him on a long-term uh, starting 11 than to see Rodrigo Abascal, for example. So Rodrigo Abascal is more imprudent, more... Um, more aggressive, more, more, it makes more errors. So I think Cannon can uh, stay there and be, become a, a good player. We'll see. Going back to Perozo, if Perozo does leave uh, in Boavista, I would expect them to sign a center back if Perozo does leave in the January transfer window. Yeah. Still potential for Cannon to get in as that third center back uh, to replace him. We'll see what happens. But you know, on the other on the other flank, opposite of Nathan, on the left wing back, has been a player who's been uh, really fun to watch for Boavista. Twenty two years old. Uh, and French-Algerian player by the name of Yanis Hamach. Uh, yeah. 22 years old, contract expires in 2023. So I definitely think that he, there's potential for him to leave uh, this coming summer. And uh, born in Marseille, been a revelation so far with three goals and three assists um, for Boavista. Talk to me a little bit about Yanis Hamach. What, what do you make of him as a player? Uh, do you think that he has potential for a big move? Well, yes, I think. I, I think he's very uh, unpredictable right now. It's going to happen with Damash, but I'm I'm enjoying to see how he, as many other players that came from last year, as Nathan, as Jackson Poroso, uh, and others, uh, are um, growing up this season. Uh, they needed time to adapted to Portugal, to our soccer, to, to our football, to our mentalities, to our kind of 
playoff style, um, and now they are uh, performing. Amash is a player that has has not is he kind of remembers me um, uh, of Nata because he's very similar. He attacks very well. He crosses very well. Um, he has an, a powerful. Um, uh, he has a powerful kick. He, he scores many goals uh, for a, a, a left-wing defender. Um, a powerful shot. Uh, that makes him... He knows how to enter uh, an area. Yesterday, for example, he has one opportunity when he enters the area of Vitoria. He, he dribbles one player and then he shots for one meter away from the post. Very, very good opportunity. Um, he's a very good player. Uh, I think he can become um, a good player if he, if he learns with Petit how to defend, how to be more concentrated. Amash has a problem of concentration, definitely. is uh, a player that likes to have the ball, likes to run with the ball, but without the ball is very unfocused. Um, very not committed, I would say, most of the times. But that comes with with his age, he's being young. Uh, he has improved a lot, but he doesn't like this kind of attitude. And he can, I hope he can improve uh, with Petit by his side. Um, well, we'll see. But I think Amash can become a really good player. I, I also think that now he's more focused at Boavista than he was last year. Last year, the fact that he uh, was playing with no... No, no people at the stadium with no assistance uh, didn't help me. Didn't help him focus. Now he feels the pressure of the the public, and that kind of helps him as well. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. But I think Yanis Amash has the potential to be a really good um, left wing. Yeah, has some has some characteristics very very good to see and very um, uncommon in, for, in in football. We interesting to see if he can follow the footsteps of uh, Albert Ellis and Co and get a move to a top five league. Ellis, uh, his departure has been filled by uh, Pitar Musa, who joined from Slavia Prague on loan with an option to buy and has been very good with six goals so far uh, for Boavista. Pitar Musa, just uh, 23 years old, Croatian striker, who's who's really stepped up as the club's talisman in attack. What are your thoughts on Peter Musa so far? Oh, I like him very much. I think he's been the signing of the season of Bovista this year. Um, I, I think he's the best central forward we had since we came uh, to the first league because I don't think Ellis is a center forward. I think he's a, a wing. Um, he has the, the sense of opportunity, uh, the smell of the goal. Uh, I like the way he creates. He appears to, 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 to opportunities. I like the way he creates opportunities, how he plays very well. He, he's now very connected with Petit, uh, with Yusuf and Musa, uh, with Yusuf and Sauer. He's playing very well as a pivot. Um, and I'm really liking to see how, how he plays. 
he, he managed to score six goals without a, a load of offensive, offensive uh, football of Vista so far. With, but in the future, uh, we if he has more ball, if Bovista has more opportunities, he will be able to score even more goals. So I, I'm kind of impressed. I think he's a top uh, center forward from Portugal. I don't think there are like many clubs in Portugal with better center forwards than him. Uh, of course, Porto Benfica and Sporting. Um, from Braga, I, um, I would say, I don't know. I don't know if they have any center forward as good as him. Well, Abel Ruiz is very good, but it's kind of a different player. Uh, I think he's better, way much better than Stupinian, for example. So I don't see many better players than him at this position in Portugal. Um, there was bet last year at Portimonians. Um, so happy to see him at Boavista. Fran Navarro is also a good player, but I think Peter Musi is more possess- his physical condition is big, he's strong, he managed to hold the balls, uh, has many, many good things. He's very focused and very um, concentrated on the ball and on the on the goals of the team. I also like the way when uh, the other day he spoke at the end of one game, one game where, where we were bad before Petit came. And I really liked the way he spoke because he felt honestly very um, concerned and frustrated with the situation of the team. He was really feeling that. So I also appreciated the fact that he was wearing the T-shirt. We say that in Portugal. He was feeling uh, the pain of the club. Uh, So that means he's compromised with the club. So... I'm happy to see him at Boavista. I think he's good. I think he's has good, uh, good stable, uh, good mind. Uh, he's a player to move on in the future. Definitely, 23 years old. I think our buy option is two or 2.5 million euros, which I think is very cheap. Uh, now, uh, so I hope Bovista uh, calls the option at the end of the season, and in the future could sell him for much more and benefit from his sports, um, from his competence. Uh, the January January does not just mark the departure, uh, the potential departure of players in the January transfer window, but also the departure of several key players due to the Africa Cup of Nations, which is going to start uh, on January 9th. <laughs> One player that Boavista are going to end up missing is Yusufa Njay, uh, who is going to be traveling with Gambia's squad for the Africa Cup of Nations in Cameroon. Yusufa have been a very important part of Boavista's attack alongside Gustavo Sauer and Pitar Musa. Um, how big of a loss do you think Yusufa is going to be? How do you expect Bovista to cover his absence? Well, it is a big loss. Uh, Yusufa is at Bovista for four years, I think. Um, and he, he, he at, the, at the beginning, he was kind of a promise because he has some really good characteristics. He's a very technical player. He can dribbles. He can do, he, he has some ability to score with a few options. Um, but 
then with time he had two problems. One problem of physical condition, he had long-term injuries, um, and another of irregularity. Um, so he he's a player that I I don't I don't appreciate that much now because um, unfortunately he hasn't been able to keep up a good form uh, constantly. Uh, he can do great things and then do nothing for a couple of games very often. So we can expect the best and the worst from him uh, usually. Uh, and that's what makes me um, uh, feel sad about it because I I, I think the um, since he can do these really good things, the thing that makes him... Um, become a good permanent player is only uh, remaining on his head. So the power to become a regular good player is only on his head. He has to be confident. He has to be focused to keep uh, managing, uh, keep having good performances. Um, so with Petit, uh, back at the, the, the leadership, uh, he started very well. Well, yesterday he, he got off very early because of uh, an injury, a small injury, I think. Um, but the first two games with with Petit, uh, the true victories before, uh, he played. He performed very well with an assist and with an assist with a goal with good performance overall. So I expect him to be more. Um, physically active and concentrated uh, during this season, and that that makes him um, be more um, a better player, definitely. And uh, regarding Khan, um, since we don't have many options, and he, and he was uh, performing well with Petit, he's going to be definitely uh, missed at Boa Vista during this time. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks most, uh, but still uh, we will have, we will miss him for the next following games for sure. Uh, I don't know who is going to play at his position. I would say that the player is more prepared to play at his position is Kenji Gore, uh, despite the fact that Petit prefer, seems to prefer Nutep at Kenji Gore. At least he's coming off the, the bench more early usually than, than Gore. Uh, but I think Gore is more uh, regular, more uh, predictable uh, as a performance than Nutep is very regular. Um, so I think it's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to, I don't know if it's going to be Netep or Gore. It might be Netep that is going to play at his position, but I hope it's going to be Gore because I prefer him. Uh, still, we have space to bring back Luis Santos, uh, a young player that we have uh, that uh, started the season uh, uh, and enjoyed the fact that uh, we hadn't, uh, we couldn't be, we couldn't use all the players we had at the beginning of the season. So he's also an option. If we go to the market, I think we need more options at the front. Uh, so one more option at this position would be very nice. A player that could make, as Yusufa, for example, both positions as a wing as a, or as a forward would be nice. So there's also uh, uh, another option. 
Um, but we'll see. But I, I would bet on Goret. Goret to play at his position for this time, during this time. Be interesting to see what happens with uh, that position. Without any further ado, we're going to move on to the talent of the week section. Uh, my talent of the week, I'm going to go with a player who, interestingly enough, just scored an own goal yesterday and yet had a very impressive performance. Uh, and that man is Mateus Reis. Mateus Reis, 26 years old, um, joined Sporting last uh, last season after a contract dispute with QAV had kind of sat out for the first half of the season um, and was a pr- pretty shaky throughout the second half whenever he was given a chance under Ruben Abonim, um Had a tough start to the season, and it seemed like a lot of sporting fans were were skeptical of why Amorim kept trusting him. But he's been very impressive in that left wing back position that has been vacated by Nuno Mensch, uh, performed both as a left wing back as well as a left center back uh, and put in a very impressive performance on the left side of a back three. Um, I, I've liked a lot of what I've seen from Matheus so far. Your thoughts on the Brazilians' performances? Well, yes, I, I agree with you. I, I think he came to Sporting as an underdog. Um, at the beginning, he was supposed to be the second option from Mendes, which that is an amazing player. And this year, I think they felt, or he was supposed to be the second option of Vinagre, Um, but it kind of appeared, grown up as a player, and now is becoming a serious case. Um, of a player, I think that's the the, the ability of Juan Amorim that come comes that collects the most of the the, the players um, can bring players to a level that we couldn't even imagine that it was possible, um, and he is performing very well. Um, as you said he, yesterday, for example, I watched the game, and he. Despite the fact that he scored an uh, an on goal, uh, I, I think he was with Paulinho maybe the best player at the, at the field. Uh, it was responsible to, to 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 make Sporting play against ten because uh, the, the second yellow was a, uh, of a fall uh, against him. Um, he's playing very well. He's a very good defense. So I don't think Vinagre is going to have an easy life with him here you know, on on the team on the squad. So I agree with you. He's a very good player. Very, very good player. So it's one of the surprises of the season so far, definitely. Absolutely. Very impressed with his improvement under Fruman Amorim. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him as the season progresses. Without any further ado, though, thank you so much, Jose, for coming on. It was a pleasure to have you on. It was my pleasure. Thank you. I hope my English wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was understandable, at least. It was very good. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today's show. And uh, yeah, once again, it was a real pleasure to have you on. Thank you. It was all my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.